What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Forgotten Jesus Podcast. My name's Andrew Bolton. We uh, we left off last week. I just can't stop thinking about the chocolate. Yeah, but that's all. Uh, yeah. Anyways, today we're talking about the Magnificoff. Is that what we, you we said? We shamelessly asked for chocolates, and we're, we're we will never turn down a box of no, chocolates we will not. here. Dark chocolate. Uh, I prefer dark chocolate. Really, I like milk chocolate. I like. Ooh, no, no. I no, like no. dark. I like dark. Okay. And I like. With sea salt caramel. And I like any I like chocolate. Dark actually. and orange. Ooh. Well, I like orange too. I like orange. They so have a, like. a a dark chocolate bar with orange in okay. it. Do you there know about go. this? Okay. Uh, I don't. No, but he'd like one. Yeah, That's what I he's would saying. like. One. He'd like one. Okay. Today we're talking about Magnificoff. Magnificoff first, because Magnificoff. it's actually called the Magnificat. Yes. But we're going to talk about the magnificent cough of candy for the oh, last yeah. two. weeks. I know. Oh, last gosh. episode. Jesus Christ. Listen, I was trying to hold it in. All that out. Just trying to hold it in. Well. Candy, uh, I don't know. The, the other night it gotten so bad with the cough. I don't know if she had laryngitis or something, and she had to speak. We went to speak together at an event, and she, she lost her voice totally, literally. The day before, yeah. The day before. But uh, so we got home, and I guess she pushed it too much, and I'm just telling you, it was hack, hack-a-shack. I mean, it was <laughs> hack-a-shack all night, and it got so bad in the hey. middle. Of, I mean, one. I'm not joking. It was one hour of coughing that literally it. I got up. And went and slept on the couch. Yeah, but um, thank God it didn't happen till four thirty. I coughed from four thirty to five thirty. That's true. That's it could have been like one. Or now, two. what Candy does, I don't know if this is good because it seems like this is a choking hazard. Candy will get up. Does oh yeah, do this? I do the same Stop. thing. I already know what you're going to say. No way. I throw a cough drop in my cheek what? and I just I go back too. to sleep. I do too. I don't think that's doctor recommended. Well, I, it's it, probably not. It doesn't but it's say that not my to do it on the back. Does any who 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 does that in this room? Okay. All okay. Right. We got a wow. couple. Couple Robert of Robert here. Does it? Okay. Holloway. Holiday. Holloway does it. Okay. Ben. No. no. Vivian. Uh, nope. Timmy. Well, they just don't know Nobody. the secret. Now they, they will. Yeah. It's a choking hazard, if you ask me. But yeah, I've never apparently, joked. Candy. Candy went back. To I only bed. do it for you, honey. Okay. Mm. So well, one time I had a back cough and I set off the alarm in our house. You crazy? No, because it had. We have like these glass break alarms. Okay. And it yeah. it sent, set off the alarm because I was coughing so loud. Wow. Okay. Of course, only you. All right, moving on to the Magnificat. Magnificat. Why is it called the Magnificat? I have no idea. Well, it's... Mi- it's a... Because it's... What does Magnificat mean? I don't Magnificent know. Magnificat. Look it up means, Magnificat. I think, I think it's it a means, praise to the Lord. Yeah. yeah I think that's what it that's means. What praise and adoration to the Lord. Um, so basically, Mary is going to praise the Lord. Here's another reason. Again, I don't want to keep beating a dead horse, but while we're beating it, we might as well keep going. Uh, we talked about Mary being blessed <laughs> above women. Again, no disrespect to Mary, not taking anything away from Mary. But we're going to hear today what Mary believes about her state and what Mary believes about herself. And she's going to tell us in this praise to the Lord. So immediately we have two women here that are filled with, with the Spirit. One has the presence, I mean, actually God himself within her, Mary. Elizabeth now just got filled with the Spirit. The baby leapt for joy in her womb. And then Mary praises the Lord. She proclaims the Lord, okay, in this Magnificat that she's going to speak. Now watch this. Notice what Mary doesn't say. She doesn't say, I've been waiting for a long time. I've been following the law. I've been a good person. Uh, I'm actually living a perfect life, a sinless life. Where have you been? Which you think, if think about it, if that's if you're earned this, if you're right. blessed because of what you've done and right. who you are, you would say all these things. Mm-hmm. But watch what Mary does, okay? So I want you to just read it, uh, Candy. I'm just going to read a couple lines, and then we'll stop. And then at the end, here's what I want to do. I'm going to show you, you want to hang on to the end. I'm going to show you that Mary, as a 12 to 14-year-old 
young girl, is going to effortlessly, spirit-led, obviously, but effortlessly weave together, you ready for this, 17 Old Testament scriptures from memory to form this wonderful sermon, if you will. By the way, do women preach? Well, Mary's preaching right here. She's proclaiming, preaching in the sense of proclaiming the word of God. She is proclaiming the word of God and effortlessly doing it by weaving together Old Testament scriptures. And then we'll give you a point of why that's important. So, Candy, I want you to read verse 46. And what you're going to find, too, here is this is reminiscent, as Candy's reading. I want you to see if you can figure it out. This is reminiscent of an Old Testament woman who says virtually the same thing. Okay. Okay. So we got two little Easter eggs we're trying to find here. Okay. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior, because he has looked with favor on the humble condition of his servant. Surely from now on, all generations will call me blessed because the mighty one has done great things for me and his name is holy. His mercy is from generation to generation on those who fear him. He has done a mighty deed with his arm. He has scattered the proud because of the thoughts of their hearts. He has toppled the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. Okay, so the the consistent theme we've already heard, and there's a few more verses. The consistent theme is God reaches down to the who? Humble. To the humble, Mm -hmm. to the lowly. So, So in that picture, God is good, God is great, it's all about God, and it's not much, if any, about me. It reminded me um, just of how Mary praises the Lord. Years ago, um, about, I guess about 17, 18, 20 years ago, I guess it was, Oral, Oral Hershiser. Do you remember him? I do not. Oral Hershiser. Anybody remember Oral Hershiser, the pitcher? Robert remembers. He was a pitcher for the L.A. Dodgers. That year, Hershiser and the Dodgers won the World Series, and he was the most valuable player. He got asked to be on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. This is how long this is, probably 20 years, 20 years ago. Johnny, Why did you point at Vivian? Well, when Vivian, you, you Vivian, said Johnny, well. Johnny Carson, you pointed at Vivian in the car. Well, because everybody in this room is below 40, probably, so Moving nobody on. knows <clears throat> besides Candy and me. Candy remembers Johnny Carson. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think remember watching him. Did you ever watch Johnny Carson? Not that I remember. My parents, we grew up watching. My dad loved Johnny Carson. Hmm. Okay. So he says there's only one. Tonight Show host, Johnny. But anyway, Johnny Carson brings him on, and right away, he basically, he doesn't tell him. He shows a clip of Oral Hershiser in the bullpen in the ninth inning, leaning against the wall, mouthing something, okay? And he's, they're showing him on this clip, and Johnny Carson, at the end of the clip, says, what were you saying? You were saying something. What were you saying? And Hershiser very humbly says, I, I don't want to talk about it. He said, no, no, no. And, you know, we want to know what were you saying? And he said, actually, I wasn't saying anything. I was actually singing. And he said, well, could you sing it for us? And, and he's like, I'm not a singer. <laughs> and so the crowd starts to claim, no, no, come on, yeah. come on, sing. And he just belts out on national television. He says, what I was singing was, praise God from whom all Blessings flow. I can't sing it. <laughs> Praise good. him, yeah. all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Johnny Carson and the crowd sat speechless as this man quoted and sang mm. this, wow. this doxology. This doxology. Okay, now watch this. All of a sudden, in the middle of the silence, one man in the audience stands up, starts mm. clapping. And all of a sudden, the crowd erupts with praise. Now, here's what those people heard. They heard the reason Earl Oral Hershiser was the most valuable player <clears throat> is because he put his trust in the most valuable God. Mm. 
And he recognized that the reason he was able to pitch, the reason he had the skills he had, the reason he had the ability was not in and of himself. It was because of God. That's what Mary believes. Mary knows that the reason she's chosen is not in and of herself, but because of God. Now, I mentioned earlier that you could parallel some of the phrases in Mary's Magnificat, her praise, with an Old Testament woman who virtually says the same. Mm, The Behanna? Chat GPT, baby. No, what are you talking about? I Come just on. knew that. Come Did on. You, if you no, knew that. it's here. I'm ah, man. I was so hopeful you. you were learning now, something. No, I am learning something, <laughs> but this is a great yeah. tool to no, help you good. study. I'm no, just saying. That's good. No, you're right. Okay, so let's parallel. That's good. <laughs> For now, I'm not even going to ask it. I'm going to assume you knew it. I'm just going to assume you know it. Kenny, do me a favor. Uh, go to 1 Samuel 2.1. Oh, my goodness. And I want to show you. So Hannah and Mary, different but opposite Hannah's waiting for a child barrenless, praying to God, praising God. And I want to show you the connections between these two women. Mary literally lifts off direct phrases in this praise. Plagiarizes. Well, you don't plagiarize if it's God's word. You know, if you're saying this is the word of the Lord. I mean, God doesn't plagiarize himself through the Holy Spirit. He's speaking. But anyway, uh, I don't even know what to say. But anyway, okay. The Magnificat reminds us of Hannah's song. This is a song from Hannah when she's praising the Lord for her pregnancy. Now watch the watch the similarities. So Candy, I want you to read verse one, just First Samuel verse one, and I want you to listen. To, and then I'm going to read Mary and watch the similarities here. Okay. Okay. Hannah prayed, "My heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is lifted up by the Lord." My mouth boasts over my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. Okay, watch what Mary says. My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices mm-hmm. in God my Savior. Almost verbatim, okay? Right. Go to go to verse two. Watch verse two. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one beside you. Stop right there. And- Mary, Mary, for the mighty one who has done great things for me, holy is his name. Very similar. Luke, uh, 1 Samuel 2.10 keeps going. Those who oppose the Lord will be shattered. He will thunder in the heavens against them. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give power to his king. He will lift up the horn of his anointed. Okay, Mary says, verse 51, he has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in the inmost thoughts. So basically, God is powerful, his strength, his power. Again, First uh, Samuel 2, 8. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the trash heap. He seats them with noblemen and gives them a throne of honor. For the foundations of the earth are the Lord's. He has set the world on them. Okay, so what is he doing? He's lifting up the humble. What does Mary say? He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but he has lifted up the humble. Well, 1 Samuel 2, 7, this is the final one. Watch the similarities. The Lord brings poverty and gives wealth. He humbles and he exalts. Luke 1, 53, he has filled the hungry with good things, but he has sent the rich away empty. Mm. Basically, he's given poverty to right. the wealth. Okay, so word for word, she is quoting Hannah, but it's more than that, okay? Watch what Mary's gonna do here in this Magnificent. Here's what I wanna show you. Mary is keenly aware, aware of the humility of God. And we've talked about the humility of God, but I just wanna encapsulize it for a moment with the incarnation of Christ, okay? I want you to think of this. God, who is creator of all things, okay? He's creator outside of all things. God, I, heard, I was reading something or saw something recently that said the opposite of God is not Satan, Okay, some people think this wrongly. The opposite of God is not Satan. Did you know this? What is the opposite of Satan? 
Michael. The opposite of Ooh, Satan, watch okay. this. The wow. opposite of Satan is Michael, the archangel. Mm-hmm. Satan's opposite is not God. God has no opposite. Wow. There's no yeah. one like God. Be like there's an equal. There's no there's equal to God, okay? Yeah. Why is that important? Because if Satan, why is Satan not like <clears throat> God? Because Satan was created by God. That's right. And God, if God creates Satan, God, the, the Satan has no power over God. Satan right. does what God wants, when he, does, when, he, when he wants, how he wants. And so if God created Satan, God also created us. God gives us the ability to defend ourselves and rebel against and stand against Satan, whom he, whom he created, and will be defeated one day. So I say that to say you don't have to fear Satan. Why? Because God's still in control. Right, even even though it becomes difficult, but Mary knows that God is the character of God. Is this God is a humble God? So when God Himself, Jesus, comes down to Earth, Jesus is not the half brother of Satan either. By the way, like the Mormon religion says, mm-hmm. He's not the half brother of Jesus, where God impregnated a holy mother, holy father. That's not what happened. Yeah, Jesus is God Himself. But watch this: God above all things, all created things, the Creator becomes the created by taking the form of a man and coming to earth. Now, you gotta think about this. The, 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 the humblest thing a person can do is to come in the form of an infant. Mm. Why is that? Why is that a form Helpless. of humility? You cannot take care of yourself. Right. You give up everything. I mean, you're- You're, you're dependent, right. fully dependent upon another person, his mother and father. So the God who provides breath the God who gives life, the God who provides and, and cares for needs and gives water and gives bread in the Old Testament. Now this God is dependent, who's normally fully independent, is dependent upon others to care for him, okay? Then Jesus comes as a man. That would be humility enough. Mm-hmm. But what he does is he comes and takes a step further down. So think of the, the illustration I use is, imagine God on the top shelf or the top step of eternity, in eternity in heaven. He not only comes down the stairwell to earth to meet us on the ground where humans are, he actually descends one step lower by giving himself to death. Think of the humility of God. So God who gives life gives up his life. Mm so that we can have life. So you think of the humility of God. Why is that important? Because Mary recognizes that's the character of God. He's a humble God. Now, let me just push back for a moment on those who will say, what does this have to do with the Christian life? If the character of God is humility, this is why God repels the proud. The reason God repels prideful people is because it's against his nature. The moment you take credit for something, God stiffs arms you in a sense because he says, that's not of me. That's why Jesus said, beware of practicing your righteousness before men to be seen by them because if you do, you'll have no reward in heaven. He says, when you practice your righteousness, you're doing it pridefully and that's not who I am. And your reward is that. I don't see it. So that's what Mary's saying here over and over. You come to the lowly. You rescue those who are, who are downtrodden. You, you, you humble the, the rich and you give poverty to them, but you lift up the low. Okay, here's what I want to do now. I want to just show you quickly the number of connections. So you're going to have to write down fast. I'm not going to give you, you're going to do this after. Hopefully Robert or someone can figure these out and you can see them in the notes. But um, I want to show you, you're going to read a verse and I'm going to give you the reference. Okay. These are the 17 references that are connections from this praise from Mary to the Old Testament. Okay. It's really unbelievable when you think about it. Okay, so read verse 46. Again, you'll read a, just a line, and I'll give you the reference, okay? And Mary said. Okay. 
Okay. What's that a connection and to? And Hannah said. Uh, and Hannah said. Oh, that's good. First Samuel 2. Okay, you're right. Connection. Okay, let's go. It's 18. Okay, but that's not on it. Okay, go okay. ahead. Okay. My soul magnifies the Lord. Okay, first Samuel 2 1. We already said that one. Keep going. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. That's a direct connection to Habakkuk 3 18. Oh, wow. Okay, keep going. Because he has looked with favor on the humble condition of his servant. First Samuel 1 11. First Samuel 1 11. Genesis 29 32. Another connection there. Surely from now on, all generations will call me blessed. Genesis 30, 13. So we don't have just Samuel. We just don't have the prophet. We have the Torah too, okay? Because the mighty one has done great things for me. Psalm 126, 3. And his name is holy. That's Psalm 126, 3. His mercy is from generation to generation on those who fear him. Psalm 103, 17. So now we're pulling up Psalms in this. He has done a mighty deed with his arm. He has scattered the proud because of the thoughts of their hearts. So we have two of them. Psalm 136, 12. Psalm 89, 10. She's quoting the Psalms now. Keep going. He has toppled the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. 1 Samuel 2, 7. Psalm 113, 7. Continues on. He has satisfied the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. 1 Samuel 2, 5. Also Psalm 107, 9. So we have mm -hmm. two of them there. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering his mercy. Now we pull from Isaiah 41, 8 and 14, a promise of the covenant, Psalm 98, 3. 98, 3. And we have two more. And to Abraham, wait, is that right? Yep, to Abraham. Yes. To Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he spoke to our ancestors. The final two are interesting. Exodus 32, 13 and Micah chapter 7, verse 20. Now, why in the world did I belabor the point of just highlighting all of these Old and New Testament connections between Mary and the Old Testament. Why, why is that important, Andrew? What do you think? Uh, for me, it just shows the, you know, the power of what God's doing here and saying here and the whole, I don't know, how it all fits together. Yeah. And the, she knows, Mary obviously knows the word. Yeah, let's, let's camp out here first, but that's a good one too. Yeah, let's camp out here for Why is it important that Mary is saying, I understand the moment we're in. And I understand that this is not something that God didn't know about, predict, right. mm -hmm. or, or prophesy that it would come. Why is that comforting to us today, Mary's praise to the Lord? Because we know that nothing happens in God's economy by chance. Right. Okay? That Mary's saying this is a moment in time that God predicted, not just from one. If it was from one chapter of the Bible, one verse, that'd be one thing. Mary's pulling in 17 different verses from roughly 10 different books, let's say, eight to 10 different books. And she is quoting all of these verses to say, God told us this would happen. So that's mm -hmm. pretty profound. But Candy's point is the one I want to I want to end with. And that is, imagine the scene, a 12-year-old girl possibly 13, maybe just becoming a teenager, is able to effortlessly, obviously empowered by the Holy Spirit, inspired by God, obviously, but effortless, effortlessly quote these scriptures together. Now, here's the thing. Don't think of, see, one of the things I've wrongly thought of is for years is that because Jesus is God, that he wrote the book, obviously the Bible. So he, he just quotes these scriptures and doesn't need to memorize and doesn't need to, to, to know them. He just has them effortlessly at his disposal. And that is in Jesus' humanity, and I know this is gonna mess some people up, but follow me. In Jesus' humanity, he had to, you ready for this? Learn the Bible. Right. And he's fully man. He's fully man. And fully God. He had to... Take the time and extend the effort 
and commit the words of God to memory. Here's the thing. Jesus is not in yeshiva, I don't believe, at the age of 10 or 12. And the teacher says, okay, class, who can quote Psalm 119? The, the longest psalm in the, in, in, in the Psalter. And Jesus raises his hand and says, the word is a light, you know, a lamp to my feet and a light to, and he goes through. Yeah, oh, he started in 105? Yeah, I know, he just started in the beginning. I don't know someone in my heart, obviously. But Jesus doesn't quote the whole psalm. And the right. whole time he's doing it, the class is not snickering and telling uh, He wrote the book. <laughs> That's easy for him. I mean, he wrote the book, yeah. Nobody said that. Right. They looked at Jesus in his humanity and said, here's a man who loves God and loves his word and has taken the time to hide his word in his heart, in his right. humanity. Now, someone say, I don't know if I agree with that. Well, look at Luke chapter 2, 52. Jesus grew in wisdom and stature. Is it crazy to think Jesus learned things on earth right. in his humanity? Saw, uh, Philippians 2.5 says he did not think equality think with God a thing to be grasped, mm. so he gave up, in a sense, his divine prerogative, the wow. divine privilege of who he was, mm -hmm. and humbled himself to the point of a man even obedient to death, which we talked about earlier. Now watch this. If Jesus was God in the sense of he knew everything, didn't have to learn everything, here's the point. When Jesus said to the disciples, come follow me as a rabbi, if they thought there was something different about him, like, oh, he's God, I can't do that, right. they would have said, there's no way we can make this call. Because to follow a rabbi not only meant you speak like they speak, but you know what they know, you act mm -hmm. like they act, you love like I love, you do miracles, you're empowered like them. So the disciples would have said right away, I can't be like you, you're God. You, you got to understand, Jesus' whole ministry on earth was trying to teach the disciples that he was God. They knew he was a man. They knew that. Wow. They saw the him. opposite for us. Yes. We have to remind ourselves he's yes. a man. They saw him cry. They saw right. him hungry. They, they knew he experienced pain. We have the opposite problem. Right. In the sense, we know him as all God, and we have to, and that's what this podcast is doing, right. we have to see him in his humanity. And so Jesus, like Mary, you ready for this? Even Mary in this moment, here's the point. Even though she's filled with the Holy Spirit at this point, even though Jesus, God, is living within her, Mary had to take the time before this point and hide the word in her heart because the word meant that much to her. Yeah. I wonder, here's what I want to close with. I wonder if the same could be said about 12-year-olds today mm. or, or 13 and 15-year-olds like we have today or, yeah. or children like you have today. We have lost mm. today, I think, a love for the word of God, right. a love for God, a love for spending time with the word and memorizing right. and meditating on the word of God. And I just think it's challenging to me. If you want to remember anything else about Mary, I mean, here, here's the list in the Magnificat. You have quotes from 1 Samuel and Psalms and Habakkuk and Isaiah and Job and 2 Samuel and Genesis and Exodus and Micah. And if you think about it, just to kind of put a bow on it, Mary was the first person in the world mm -hmm. to not only share the gospel of the good news, you ready for this, but she carried the gospel mm -hmm. of the good news good. everywhere she went. Okay, can I uh, shameless plug for a resource? Okay. Okay, your friend Chris Swain, yes. his wife Melissa, yes. wrote a book called Write It on Their Hearts. Ooh. So for me, I know as a parent, three rowdy young boys, it is so hard to wrangle them and try to teach them scripture. Like I can't keep them from flipping in the chairs and stuff. It's been a very helpful resource to try to figure out how to just work this into the 
the daily rhythm of our life. So yes. shameless plug there. We'll put a link Ain't in no the shame show in that notes. plug. Chris yeah. wrote this book leading right. up to his passing right. and actually wrote the manuscript, didn't finish editing it. Melissa edited it yeah. with him or for him. And so it's basically Chris's words from the grave right. of how I think Chris was the greatest disciple-making dad I knew. Yeah, so. yeah. well, that's a, a great great thing to pick up as, especially if you're a parent trying to you know get your kids to understand yeah. scripture. You know, one thing you mentioned, just made me think of all the all these people in my life I've run into that just feels like the word oozes out of them. Like they got a verse for everything. It naturally comes out. They're not trying to be showy or anything. It all comes out of a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how like your relationship with Jesus is just like your relationship with your wife or your best friend. Like it's not forced. It's not because you have to. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you don't take candy on dates. Ah, I got to go spend time with candy. No, you want to. Yeah. And it's important enough that you schedule it and you make time for it. And it's... You know, you put it on the calendar. So, anyways, all that to say. Okay, Pastor, give us one more thought. If you're in a discussion group, if this is something you're going to talk about today. Yeah, what, what's the challenge for you to get in the Word? I mean, right. I mean, I think we all should talk about our present condition. Are we memorizing? Are we reading? Are we marinating on the Word of God? Like you said earlier, what is on the mind comes out the mouth. Right. And if, the, if Jesus is on your mind and in your heart, he can't help but come out of your mouth. Right. He said out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth, out of the abundance of the mind, you could say the, the, the mouth speaks. Yeah. And so if you're saying things that are not honoring and pleasing to the Lord, then I would question what goes in your mind. Yeah. And so I would just say, what are some ways we can make time, extend the effort, right. specific place and time to get in the word until the word gets into us? That's good. All right. Well, Pastor, thank you, Candy. Thank you so much. Uh, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please share it with a friend, man. We love hearing stories about how people are being challenged and growing in their faith and their walk with Jesus. And be sure to connect with us on social media. You can follow us at The Forgotten Jesus on Instagram. And of course, subscribe on YouTube if you like to see all the shenanigans behind the scenes. All right, well, I appreciate you guys, and we'll see you on the next episode.